Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Jean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters. Today, I am talking with Melinda Lee Schmidt. And I am so super excited to introduce you to Melinda because she's got, um, she like so many of us came through and started looking around her in her, her mid to late forties and saying, wait a minute, why am I, why have I been so amenable to all this stuff for so much of my life? And so today we're going to talk about how she approaches that. We're going to talk about why menopause is such a big factor in that. And we're going to give you some ideas. Uh, Melinda Lee Schmidt, who goes with she and her for pronouns, is a burn the patriarchy coach. And I adore that title. She helps people who have been negatively impacted by the patriarchy claim the life they were meant to live instead of the one society expects of them. Her approach is to get curious about and release limiting beliefs, helping them step into the life of their wildest dreams. Melinda is a nature-based coach, animal energy practitioner, and healing touch for animals certified practitioner. Along with her innate ability of animal communication, Melinda Lee Schmidt designs programs to return her clients to the path of their wildest dreams by helping them reconnect with the language of their authentic self. And Melinda, welcome. I, it is Thank so you. good to talk to you. You well, and I have had conversations over the past few years, and I am so excited to bring this new thing that you are doing out into the world and into the space of the women that I work with, because it is so compatible to what we do as we get into this time of life and realize that we have been putting ourselves at the beck and call of greater society. And in Western culture, that means the patriarchy for most of our lives. And now it's time to lead our lives, our wildest dreams, our passion, our purpose, our priorities, and maybe even burn the patriarchy a little bit. So it's tell inevitable. <laughs> so tell me how you got into this 
and what it really means in the way that you are looking at the world and at the people you work with. It's really interesting because as most of our paths go, it's been super windy. And I thought that I was on this amazing path of animal communication and doing the animal healing. And I was all in on that. And then all of a sudden I had received like this download that was like, this isn't the space that you're meant to be in. There's other people that are doing great work in this space. We need you over here with the people. You're listening mm. to us and we can help you with the people. And I was like, kind of taken aback by that. And it, I got with that download, it was kind of like, well, we need you to help burn the patriarchy. And it was this, like, I mean, I'm telling you, I had it like immediately written down because I'm like, I don't even know what any of this means, but apparently <laughs> this is the direction that I need to be going in. And it's kind of evolved into this thing that now makes a lot of sense because um, when I was getting the divorce in the past couple of years in my 40s, shocker, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about that with you in the hormones. Um, I realized that I got really angry. I got really angry because the system was not set up to support me. It was set up to support my ex-husband. And it was because I was being punished for doing all of the things that society told me to do in the first place. They told yeah. me for him. And I did that. And then when we got divorced, they were like, okay, figure your stuff out now all by yourself. You're not getting any support from anybody. So yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. Really frustrating. And the divorce in the forties, in the mid forties, especially um, as we get there and say, wait a minute, I haven't gotten what I need out of this. And my whole life is going in this other direction. And hey, guy, can you support me in that? And he says, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe not. Or, well, I don't really love you anymore. That was mine. <laughs> it was kind of like, really? Really, after all these years, after everything we've been put put into this, and you yeah. just want to walk away, and it's it, it wakes us up to who we have been, yeah, in our society for so long. I mean, in my case, I was actually for most of the, that time, I was actually supporting him in in his chosen ability uh, path of being an artist mm -hmm. and i was the one making the money and i was lucky i was very lucky that i walked away as intact as i did um and with still still having a decent career and yeah, I walked away with no career because I was the stay-at-home mom and the, yeah. you know, housewife and not ever having finished college because why did I need to? I right. had 
mom that was going to support me for the rest of my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, until we got divorced and then I was on my own. Yeah. And here you are. And here I am. I'm really grateful for it because <laughs> exactly to here right now. And I just, the, it really made me see that I stopped following my dreams for him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that to happen to anybody else, especially because the more I saw myself really like stepping into the dreams that I've always had since I was a kid, the more compassionate, community-based, selfless I became. Yeah. And I think that that's where this burn the patriarchy idea comes from, because it's not about this like forceful, angry thing. It's about let's light ourselves the F up and do this in a way that we become so bright and so community-based and so unapologetic and so big that the patriarchy can't do anything but crumble in our presence. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you know you and I have talked a little bit about this, but we haven't I don't know that we've really gotten into depth, but what I've learned over the years working with hormones and working with brain science around hormones and how it affects women is that during those reproductive years, you know, when, when you were a housewife and I was balancing housewife and, uh, career, um, we're, our bodies, our hormonal systems are actually helping us go down in that direction, go in that direction. So it's like, we want to be in tribe. Yes. We want, and and I want to use the word tribe as opposed to community because it's, it really is tribe or click or, um, exclusivity we you know we we're looking for that that little group of people who is going to help us raise our children and we're going to do everything in our power to please these men (laughs) that we have to deal with and And so sorry, that makes like I'm so excited that you're making that because that makes so much sense. I remember when my kids were little, all of us, all of my friends that had little kids, we would say that all the time. We're like, we need a tribe. We, we are, are a tribe. We are this, we are this little. And I've talked to interestingly enough, I've talked to women who were in military families and they're, you know, they're moving from place to place. And they say, then you get to a base and if if you don't hit it at the right time you're you're excluded from from the click that it, that would normally be yours where your children are because they've already closed ranks and so for for women it's this idea that we had to, had to make a small enough click that we could fit in and and protect each other mm-hmm. while still dealing with these men you know making sure that the men were and it's literally 
bringing home the bacon, if you go back far enough, bringing home the mastodon or the woolly mammoth or whatever it was, and bringing that home to the tribe so that the women of the tribe survived and the men of the tribe got their needs met. We all know what that is. (laughs) And then they went back out and hunted again. (laughs) And yet, Then we hit this age of menopause where estrogen, which is the hormone that's been fueling that in our brains, it's been fueling several pieces of our brains to do that, we hit hit menopause and that goes away. And so all of a sudden we wake up and we say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I do not, I, I, I don't, maybe I don't even like these women I've been forced to to hang around with. Maybe I'm ready to do something that I had a passion for when I was younger. And then you and I touched on this a little bit in our pre-conversation. That's when we're ready to go out and be the politician or the community organizer or the artist or um, the coach um, or the healer or the herbologist or uh, the, I have friends who went into mission work at this time of their lives. They, they started doing everything for a whole different kind of world. Um, But we take on a bigger role And it's that role that allows us to express who we are at base. And I love that it's coming out in so many different ways. And I love what's really happening, what I see in what's happening with you, is that we're looking to say, wait a minute, you've been playing this game where we're going to, you as in the patriarchy, have been playing this game where you're going to just keep on insisting on shoving us into these little boxes that you have for us. And now we're saying, no, that's no longer okay. And oh, by the way, those women that you're pushing into these roles earlier, let's see what we can do about them as well. Because coming through there even if your your focus because of the estrogen is on being able to raise your children effectively it needs to be done in a way that brings them forward and says maybe there's a passion that's more important to you than this role of caregiver yeah yeah and can that be okay can that be acceptable? And if not, let's make it that way. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so what I see happening is I see a lot of women hitting 42, 43, and some of the, uh, I don't want to call them precocious because they're really not, um, but they're they're the ones who are starting this earlier and they're saying, oh, I want to get out there and do something. And they, they turn political. Yeah. And I, I've, I've been noticing this because I've been watching what's going on in Ohio that we're 
actually recording this the day after Ohio turned down the proposition that would have made it harder to pass abortion rights in November. Um, but watching women who are now saying, I'm getting political now that I am in this stage of my life. And what I see, unfortunately, is these pati the, the patriarchy saying, nope, nope, you're not baking cookies. We want you baking cookies. And if you think back to Hillary, and it was like, yeah, I had to learn how to bake cookies because everybody wanted me to bake cookies. So here's my cookie recipe. Now let's talk about, uh, you know, the state of the union and the state of the state of the world. So I see that happening. And I see this, this room for exactly the kind of thing you're talking about. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it's really fascinating because, you know, you mentioned in the beginning, before we got on the call about how, um, you thought that part of the struggle with women in politics is that um, that like strength within them it's super threatening, and absolutely there it's and it's so true. And I'm I'm so excited about the approach that I have started taking with my clients, which is kind of finding. There's a book called Rage Becomes Her. And in it, mm. they talk about um, there's 20% on one side of, like, let's say the patriarchy. There's 20% that feel strongly about it, 20% that feel completely strongly against it. Then there's 60% that's multiple in either direction. Mm. That's, that's where we can have the biggest impact is on those 60 people. So right now I'm talking to you 60% 60 percent of the people. Yeah. So, so, so what, let's, let's define the patriarchy a little bit because yeah. we hear this, we hear this term thrown around. Um, and we, we all know that it, at the base, it's men in charge, but what, as you said, there's 20% of women who sort of want that whole structure. So what does that structure look like? And what is that effect on women who want to go their own way? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> I know we could probably be still talking about this uh, in a month, but. <laughs> yes, for sure. And there's so many ways that patriarchy can be defined. But I think the biggest thing that I want to start with is that it's not men. Like, I want to be really clear about this. It, this is not an anti-man thing. Patriarchy is a social structure that keeps the white male on a hierarchical place where they're at the very top. And so, of course, it makes sense that if this is the society that we've lived in, there is a safety that's within having a container that's so clearly defined. Mm. And it keeps it so clearly defined, saying that here's the hierarchical structure. This is how everything works under this structure. This is what women do. This is what men do. This, And it's so 
specific to what the roles are. And in that, there is so much safety there. And so to the 20% of women that don't want to see that go away, I mean, there is so much fear there and there is so much going, oh my gosh, I am in trouble. I am in danger if this falls apart. You know, let's talk, let's stop, let's stop right there and talk a little bit about danger and change because humans are designed that fear and this is again evolutionary and we can decide not to not to play by these rules but the rules that evolution has built in us is that fear fear of not being dying going away totally is the number one driver of human behavior yeah as much as we like to think that love is the highest emotion and all of that fear is our biggest driver and anything that has not killed us to date is less fearful is less to be afraid of than anything that we have not experienced 100 percent Sleep, it's so important to our health and to our hormonal balance, yet 90% of women report not sleeping as one of their worst symptoms. Get my free sleep tips at menopausematterspodcast.com slash opt-in. So let's go back to where you were on patriarchy and fear because realizing that that fear is fear of anything that is different. So women who are on that side have a legitimate human basis for for their fear that if the patriarchy goes away, so does their world. Right. And so those of us wanting to make that change, um, a big part of my work is just a lot of nerve regulation, nervous nervous system regulation. Mm. It's required because the minute we step into this idea, visibility, oh my gosh, the amount of fear, your our nervous systems can become so dysregulated by trying to become visible in ways that we've never been visible before because it's change and it's different. And also, I would even argue it's ancestral. Our ancestral line says those witches that are our ancestors, they were burned at the stake for being different and not conforming to the patriarchy. That's the body. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we we have a lot of things that we know will kill us and anything different will kill us so there's a lot of reasons to to leave things as they are and basically that's to create a hierarchy that we're not on doesn't give us a lot of freedom to make our own choices and we see that hugely in politics right now yeah um and and we see the pushback on women in particular um, in 
we could talk race as well, but let's talk about women in particular. You see the the push to to put us in a situation where we are once again dependent yes. on everyone else for getting through our 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 lives. Yeah. Right. Right. And the only way that this is going to change is if there are those of us that are willing to try to step outside of our comfort zone. The only way this is going to happen is if a mass number of us says, you know what, enough. Mm -hmm. I'm going to step into that danger because it's worth it. Yeah. And I will say this, it is much easier to step into that danger as you go through menopause because there's that change. There's that change that says, oh, wait, those those people's opinion does not (laughs) is not threatening my life anymore. Yeah. But and and let's talk about fear a little bit more because we've gone there already. (laughs) So there's there's also an effect of estrogen on our amygdala that allows the more estrogen that's there, the more women are, the more cortisol doesn't affect the amygdala as much. And so fear, things that arise, that where fear arises, allows that fear, the, the brain to actually take over and work on in the forebrain as opposed to that fight, flight, or freeze response that's caused by the amygdala and and its reaction to cortisol. So women in their 20s, 30s, and early 40s actually think better in a crisis than their male counterparts. But that, what happens as estrogen recedes is we get more of that old fight, flight, or freeze um, programming from our amygdala because estrogen isn't damping cortisol. So under stress, we feel more um, more anxiety. Mm. So now, (laughs) now we really need all those techniques and things that we do to learn to control that stress response. I mean, there's no, without controlling that stress response, there is no action. Yeah. Like it's, it's nearly impossible to break. It probably is impossible to break through the freeze aspect of it. Uh, I don't know for sure. You would probably yeah. know that one better than I would, but I know for no, me. I think, I think you have to damp the cortisol somehow. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. to get, get beyond it because the amygdala is the, it's where everything has to go through it in order to get to the the thinking parts of, of the brain. I have a question because this is something that I see for sure in myself and in my clients. Sure. And that's when one of the greatest homers that I've found is a validation. Mm. Not crazy for feeling that way. Of mm. course. 
like one of my biggest things was like feeling like I was going crazy, like not understanding why I couldn't be happy when everything looked so good on paper. And, you know, having somebody say to me, of course, you weren't happy. Of course. Your life wasn't the way that you wanted it. It was good on paper the way that other people told you it should look. And that validation was almost like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I've never really thought about that. I've never thought about the, the neurological implications of validation, but it sounds, um, and when I think about it, yeah, cause you've, you take that stress up. And then there's a big breath that happens yeah. with validation. And I don't know if that is actually physio physiological or whether it's been programmed into us. I mean, from very early childhood, when we're told, yes, you're right, there's that big yeah you know, that's, there's that big endorphin hit. There's that big, possibly even oxytocin let down. Of course, we're talking hormones again, but yes, where those things really do make a difference in, in your brain chemistry. I know it definitely has for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was always curious, you know, because we are social beings, and so it's almost like having that, it's like I went through and a lot of my clients have gone through this life of being completely not validated, told like, no, that's not the way things are. No, it's different. No, maybe you could do it this way. Having to be butt up against devil's advocate, the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> like finally be in a space where you're around maybe like-minded people that do that validation and it's just it's soothing it's soothing. absolutely so how can you bring that into your own is there a way to bring that into yourself from yourself have you been That's able to great question <laughs> i think the way that i've been able to do that for myself is really more just remembering when somebody else has done it for me and then replaying that back in my mind. Like, I think that there is so much power behind having that other person reflecting that to you. Mm -hmm. so, oh, I get I that. Don't know, yeah, I don't know that I've been able to do that specifically for myself, to myself, but I can hear one of my friends or one of my coaches voice in my head and go, that's right. That's exactly what they would say. And okay, <laughs> I'm okay here. <laughs> so I think this idea that we, um, we create not the tribes that we may have been in a part of earlier or these small click, clickish groups, but that we create communities that we really used to validate and support other women becomes so key. And I know I found that for myself. Um, 
even when dealing with some recent stressful events, has been the the idea that of going to someone whose opinion I respect, yeah, and say, you know, I just need to dump all of this, and I need to hear that I am okay in this moment. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I just need to know that I'm okay. Yeah. So I think that both you and I have this message for women um, at this time of their lives as we're going through this, oh, things are things need to change. Things need to not be the way they are. It's okay. It is so okay for you to put yourself in the center of your own life right now. And it's a message I've been using for years is, is this idea that we've, we've put ourselves on the outskirts of our own lives. And now it's time to take ourselves and put ourselves back in the center of our own lives. Why don't we leave anybody else there or not, whether we kick out somebody, whether we stop listening to the messages that have told us that we're not worth being in the middle of our own lives. I think it's time that whether you you go from the perspective of your perspective where you're you're moving away from what has been into a space where you get to be the, the center of your life or my perspective that you know menopause gives us this amazing opportunity put yourself in the center. It's okay. It's okay. And you're okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Melinda, thank you so much for coming and talking with me about this important topic. It has been such fun to talk today. And how can people get in touch with you if they want to be talking to somebody about, from your perspective, about letting go of the patriarchy, maybe even creating some movement to burn it all down. Burn it down. Burn it down by building up your dreams. Mm, So wonderful. That's what lights us up, right? Yeah. So how can people get in touch with you? Tell tell us and and then it'll be in the show notes as well. Perfect. You can get in touch with me through my website, melindaleeschmidt.com. Oh, that's wonderful. And if you're wondering how menopause is affecting all this and you want to talk with me, you can reach out to me at menopause.guru, Jean at menopause.guru. It's all in the show notes. Please come back next time and we'll be talking about more topics that really affect how women go through the second half of their lives in so many important ways. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. 
and let me know which of these tips works best for you.